Welcome to Language During Mealtime. Certified speech-language pathologist and children's book author Becca Eisenberg brings you creative professionals from the language learning and children's education field. With these ideas, parents can help their children with special needs improve language and reading abilities. Hi, my name is Becca Eisenberg. Welcome to my podcast, Language During Mealtime, episode number 14. Today, I'll be interviewing Rhonda Rogiski, speech-language pathologist and children's book author of the book, Speech Class Rules. Speech Class Rules was created with the vision of educating everyone about speech therapy. This book can be used to introduce the concept of therapy to children recently diagnosed and also provide a story and characters that children who are already in speech can relate to. It can also help parents, educators, and children who are not in speech understand what speech and language disorders are all about. This story lends insight into the semantic, syntactic, phonological, pragmatic, fluency, and voice disorders that affect approximately 10% of all children in the United States. I also want to tell you that Rhonda also recently produced a course through Northern Speech Services. And she's been practicing for almost 19 years. So I'm going to have a link in the podcast to that course from Northern Speech Services. And I just want to welcome you today, Rhonda. Thank you for being here. Thanks so much for having me. I love your website and I love what you're doing with language during mealtime. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So I'm going to start off just with like with the question about what inspired you to write this book. Sure. Uh, When I was in grad school, um, like. I'm sure I wasn't the only one. I started looking around for a book that I could introduce the kids to in speech clinic. And, uh, you know, I figured there was a book like this for going to the doctor, for going to the dentist, for the first day of school. And I was really surprised that I couldn't find anything. So I kind of joked about it with my advisor and my friends, but I was really looking for a book. And, uh, eventually exhausted my search and realized there was no book about speech therapy for children. So like many people you've interviewed and, you know, same way many things come about, I decided, okay, it doesn't exist. So I'm going to do it. That's awesome. I mean, I actually, I totally understand just being a speech pathologist myself, being in clinic. And it's also one of those things too, that kids just might not understand. And I think it's a great way to introduce and a really positive way to to introduce speech therapy. Because a lot of kids really don't understand why they're going to be starting speech. Absolutely. And And yeah. In my first um, clinical placements, when I did my school placements, I was very aware of that, you know, the other kids staring, wondering who is that lady tapping on the window? Why is she taking so-and-so away? Um, So yeah, that was near and dear to my heart as well. Not only having a a story for the children who were going to speech, but also have a story that could educate everyone in the public schools about what is this? What is this all about? And also for parents, too, because a lot of parents don't understand that terminology. And what I loved about your book was that you kind of like went across the span. You had like that speech group and you took some terminology that could be intimidating for some people because they don't understand it. 
and you kind of simplified it. So I think for a parent who's reading it to their child, for them to know words like articulation and stuttering, I think are just good words to know. Like just say like during IEP meetings or if they're talking to the speech therapist, like I think that it's really important to know those terms. So that kind of goes into my next question. Like for for parents, let's say you have a parent, their child is starting speech services. What kind of tips would you give them? So one thing I always say to parents is, I think, especially for young kids who may be apprehensive about starting speech, is it's always a great thing to introduce the child to the speech therapist before therapy begins. And obviously, this is a little easier in private therapy, but in the school setting, it really isn't that hard to arrange, even for the classroom teacher, to introduce the child in the hallway. Um, But that's something that doesn't happen a lot. But when I've seen it happen, I think it is effective. And then in general, I would say, as with anything, talk about it with your child. Um, You know, and again, this was one of the reasons I wrote this book, to show kids, this is speech therapy. This is what you do here. And, you know, it's okay if you're nervous, it's okay if you have questions, but it's tons of fun and you're going to love it, you know, and that's kind of the intro for them. Yeah. And I think it also, what I, what I love about your book is that it really represents speech in a public school because I've, you know, I'm in public schools all the time and the speech class rules on the, on the wall and being in a small group and kind of the activities. I mean, as much as things have, let's say, changed within the past 10, 12 years, because the, the book was published in 2007, right. is that it's kind of timeless because when you go to speech, yeah, we have like some activities on iPads and stuff like that. But in general, the terminology is the same and our goals are very, are very similar. You know, we're still working on sequencing. We're still working on articulation, um, depending on the child and their diagnosis and any sort of speech and language delay or deficit. Um, But what I love about it is that it really, no matter how much time passes, I think it's sort of timeless. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. And uh, the funny thing is, before I wrote the book, I actually literally, people have asked me this, and it is true. I literally had that piece of paper on my wall in my speech therapy room in my office of speech class rules. So it it wasn't something I just wrote for the book. The book wrote itself because I made that the very first year that I worked in the schools and hung it in my office. And most speech therapists do have like a speech class rules on their board because I was recently evaluating a child and I was kind of sitting and I was sitting in speech with him and they had a speech class rules right on the board there. So it reminds me like it just reminds yeah. me so much of that session and they were doing yeah. sequencing and whatever. So um, I didn't realize that until one time I was searching um, for my book title. I was doing a Google search. And I came up with not only my book, but all of these links to Pinterest and um, different school speech path sites, you know, their personal like page that listed their speech class rules. And I thought, oh, that's so funny. We all do that. I didn't realize that at first. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So and the other thing, too, I want to say about your book before I forget and I move on to the next question is that I like the concept of graduating. Because I think some kids also don't know that once they start it, they feel like it's going to like be kind of long term. That always has to be long term. And for some kids, it is long term. But I think the concept of graduating is also good to know for children and for parents about 
that, you know, when they do reach their goals and they're ready to graduate, they can graduate from speech. Right. And that actually came from a real life place as well. Uh, when I was doing one of my school placements in graduate school, I was in, I was at the university of Hawaii and I was working oh, at a wow. school in Honolulu and the SLP that I was working under, she actually did this. She had a full fledged graduation at the uh-huh. end of every year in the gymnasium. And I can't tell you the amount of work she put into it. It was so awesome. And all of the kids had, they got to invite whoever they wanted because it was their day. It was their assembly. And so all of their parents, grandparents, cousins, especially in Hawaii where families are so big, everyone came to support them. And uh, she presented each one with a diploma on the stage and of course, she put a flower lay around their neck and they each got the opportunity to say something. And so that's also another backdrop for my story, which came from that experience, because, you know, the year I was with her, I assisted her in, in running the speech graduation. Wow, that's great. That's amazing. I love it's that. Really that's the kind of thing. That's why that's why I love po- like podcasting, because I would never know that about right. this. That's great. That's that's awesome. So. The other thing that I did notice about your, to- your, your, your book here is like the text was that the text is a little bit larger. And I was just wondering, like with, you know, like why you made the text larger. Was there any sort of thoughts behind it? Absolutely. Yeah. Everything was intentional. I don't think there was anything I didn't think about, you know, laying up at night when I was. <laughs> so, yeah, I know. No, I understand. But, um, so I tried to make the book as inclusive as possible on all levels, of course. And not only that, but this book is intended not only for kids to sit down and read, but it's it works for a read aloud for a group. And obviously, the bigger text is more helpful if you're sitting in circle time or you're sitting in front of a classroom or you're at a table in speech therapy. Um, And then something else I did with the text, I put the speech therapy words or terms in different colors to make them pop. And, um, I also, um, um, I don't know how to say it, the, as the kids read along, when I do group readings, I put the quote unquote speech rules also in color. And what has basically happened when I do readings is that I, I pause intentionally before the rule and then ultimately the kids always read it out loud and it becomes more of an interactive activity, which is fun. Text being larger when you're having read alouds or you're having um, just being in a group because it does make it so much easier for the kids to follow along and to look at the text. Right. And then the the pop of color is because I'm producing those terms because it's not only, you know, like a fun read along storybook, but there's content that I'm trying to teach all of the kids, you know, who are hearing the story. And so when they see the word while they hear the word and it's, an, you know, it's like what we do, it's a new vocabulary word. Yeah. So it's a way to differentiate it and draw their attention to it. That's great. So, so what kind of feedback have you gotten from the book? Cause it's been, I guess, what, 12 years since yeah. it's been published. I can't believe it's been 12 years. Um, so the, the single best feedback I ever received was one day I received a phone call from then ASHA president, Dr. Tommy Robinson. 
and he had discovered my book and he called me to ask if I would be his guest of honor at the Scottish Rite National Convention in Washington, D.C. Oh, wow. So that was super fun. He presented my book. It was tied up in a red ribbon on everyone's dinner plates um, at the end of the week at their banquet. And after dinner, he had this big velvet table in the back of the room and I signed everyone's copies. Um, So that was my that was my super Uh fun experience there. But um, beyond that, um, I've received notes and letters from students after doing school readings. And I, I, you know, I love those. I've saved them all. And they range from, you know, thank you for teaching the other kids what speech is because I go to speech, um, you know, all the way to I'm going to be a speech therapist when I grow up. You know, so that's fun. Wow, that's so nice. I mean, that's yeah. that's amazing. That really is. Like on a professional level, I, you know, obviously over the years, I've heard from a lot of SLPs. And I think my favorite feedback I've gotten from them is I passed your book around the teacher's room because, you know, I was able to educate the entire staff what speech language impairments actually are. You know, the teachers thought I only worked on the S sound all these years. Things exactly, like that. Exactly. But that's, I think, a big misconception with speech is that people just, they don't, they always assume it's just speech. And like with me, I work with children and adults who are pretty much like complex communication needs. So they don't even... Some some of the, my clients, some of my kids and my adults don't have any speech at all or minimal speech. And so I had written a whole article about why we need speech therapy for kids who are nonverbal because we need to get them to be able to communicate. So and that was I think, you know, we know as speech pathologists that we could work on speech and language and, you know, pragmatics. But I think a lot of people have a misconception that it's just speech. That it just means like, yeah, because when I say I'm a speech pathologist, they're like, oh, so you work on sounds like S and R. And I'm like, no, actually I don't work on sounds at all. Um, Hmm. not much, you know, what I'm, what I'm doing, but it's right. And that's why I created the speech group that I did in my book, because one child in the group represents each type of impairment that I work with. I, yeah, I love that part. And I loved how the character in the story helped the other kids in the group as well. Like for the girl who had you know, trouble having conversation. And then, um, she was, you know, talking to the other girl that would help. And there was just so many great things embedded in the story. And, and I just love the terminology because I think for kids, once they have like the terminology, they can understand it a little bit better. Absolutely. And that was really important to me. I, at, you know, the beginning of this whole process, I had actually talked to a few publishers and, one of them, the feedback they gave me was that they thought the words I were using were too big and they didn't think they belonged in a picture book and they wanted to change them. And as a speech pathologist, I was so offended because I felt like they wanted to dumb it down. And I, I just said to my husband, they're missing the whole point. I was, you know, I was furious by the end of the conversation. And I said, you know what, I am going to figure out how to publish a book. And I'm going to do this myself because I'm not going to put my name on something and give, you know, it scared me that a publisher would take the book and change it. And then it wouldn't accomplish the entire purpose that I set out for. So I kind of took a step back at that point and I took a year to figure out how to publish a book. And then I went forward and made the book. 
Right. And I, you know what, as, as somebody, as an author who's self-published books, like I, I really understand that. Cause you know, it's like, it's your work. Um, and you want to be able to get it out there in the exact way that you wanted to get out there and having that terminology on there as a speech pathologist, speech pathologist, I think it's really, really important. So, um, and then I just was hoping that you'd also talk about the questions at the end that you have and the resources. Yep. So at the end of the story, I have three sections. I have questions for the classroom and, um, well, to back up a little, so last year I was approached by Northern Speech Services and asked to write a course, and it ended up being called Perceptions of Children in Speech Therapy, and it took a look at how peers, teachers, parents, administrators all view kids in speech therapy, and then I went on to find what does research say about how can we create a better experience and environment for our students in speech, Um, as well as I even dipped into like, how can bullying in speech be dealt with directly? And the single most important thing research shows to change perceptions is that education alone is not enough. Um, The key is that education and shared experiences together change perceptions. So I was so excited when I discovered this because without even realizing, obviously, that research initially, I had created this section in the back of my book that after the story, whoever's reading to the kids, you know, asks a list of questions and allows the opportunity for kids who are currently in speech to talk about their experiences and for children not in speech to ask what they're curious about. And so it becomes a shared learning experience. Um, so that was really gratifying when I, you know, when I uncovered that research and I thought, oh, this is, this is perfect. This is what I did without even realizing, you know, I hadn't looked into that aspect of it yet. I just did it, I think, probably naturally because I'm a speech pathologist. Well, yeah, exactly. Because I think it's natural to want to do some sort of carryover questions Absolutely. for parents and also for teachers. And I think and we always make everything inclusive. So that's kind of was where the angle I was coming from, you know. Um, but yeah. then also I have a section of questions for home. And this is where kids can talk it through with their parents. Um, because, you know, doing something new is sometimes scary. And so I presented the opportunity where kids could ask their parents questions and discuss where they were going, what they were doing, that type of thing, just to ease their anxiety and, you know, kind of raise their comfort level about doing something new and different. And then finally, I just have on the last page is a note to parents with some general information about speech language impairments and where to go if they have concerns. And my intention there was my book is in a lot of public libraries. So if a parent is encountering this book by themselves without teachers, speech path resources around them, at least, you know, it'll point them in the right direction to find us. Yeah, I think it's just such an important book, especially, you know, because this can be released this podcast over the summer. And for any of those parents whose child is starting speech in the fall. I think it's a great book to read even over the summer to get, get them prepared for it and also take a look at some of those questions sure. and the resources that you have. Because I also know you have a really active Facebook page that you also share resources as well. 
I do. I share resources. I share ideas for parents. I also, on the last Friday of, I'm sorry, the first Friday of every month, I post a recommended read and I just pick out, you know, like you, I'm obsessed with children's books and (laughs) we've all had books where we thought, huh, that could have been better. And then we've had books in therapy where, you know, you just get excited about like, oh, we can do this follow-up activity. This is great for WH questions. I could do a million things and go a different, you know, a million different ways with this book. So when I find books like that, that I get excited about, I recommend them to parents and speech language pathologists on my Facebook page so that they can either use them at home or use them, you know, in speech therapy. And just one more question I want to ask you while we're kind of just talking about this this topic is that what would you say to parents if a child, let's say, is had started speech and they're kind of resisting going to speech because they don't want to you know whatever it is, like if it's a certain time or maybe the group or whatever, what what kind of advice would you give to parents to help encourage your child to, you know, obviously if they're, if they're mandated to keep returning to speech. But I mean, sometimes I feel like that comes up and a lot of parents don't know what to do. So do you have any good suggestions for that situation? Um, well, I think that first and foremost, the parents being positive about it is helpful. I think you would agree with that from experience. Yeah. If a parent is on board, that sets us up, you know, for more success right off the bat. Um, also I think it's important that parents reinforce whatever it is we're doing because then it just becomes part of their routine. It doesn't, you know, it isn't this isolated thing. Um, obviously consistency and repetition, you know, we're all proponents of that. So even if for 10 minutes a day, you're reinforcing what we're doing in speech, I think that's going to make the transition go much more smoothly. Right. And then what I always say to parents, too, is that don't be so worried about reaching out to the speech therapist, speech pathologist, like, you know, reach out to him or her, talk to them about the, you know, any sort of issues coming up and then let them talk to your child about it and resolve some of those things, because sometimes it may be something that's easily solved. Sure. So, you know, I think sometimes parents hesitate to get in touch. Right. Feel like they're intruding or something. Um. But what I always say, because I work with a lot of parents, is that the more involvement I have with the parents, the better, because then there's more carryover at home. Sure. And obviously, I'm coming from the same place because this is like my whole mission here is overall communication for everyone involved. You know, um, if you're communicating with the parent, obviously things are going to be set up to go smoother for therapy, but also you know, just educating the staff at the school, the teachers, Mm -hmm. the administrators, so they understand what speech therapy is, that trickles down, you know, and then the kid, if the kids have a general awareness, um, something I like to throw out to SLPs, because we're all so busy, and we're overscheduled, and we don't have enough minutes in the day, is take speech class rules and give it to the media specialist, have the media specialist do a reading. And depending on the size of the school, they could do grade level. They could even combine grade levels. And then the SLP can come in at the end to go over the discussion questions. And now, bam, in 20 minutes, you, first of all, all of the kids and teachers know who the speech pathologist is, number one, you know, they're familiar with you. And that's a big deal for kids. Uh, Just being familiar with this new person I'm being told to work with. 
And number two, now every student in the school is educated about speech language impairments. And then the bonus and the hopefully is that teachers and administrators were in at that session, at that reading, and now they're educated too. You know, and then from there, it's just so much easier. And it's it's like a wham, bam, educate everyone in the whole school activity. Yeah, it's also even good for parents, too, as well. I mean, even in like an orientation, like just to be written as a resource for parents or even recommended at like an IEP meeting. If let's say a child is starting speech and recommending to the parents, hey, you might want to get this book um, because it might help you introduce you know, this to your child so they know what to expect. Yeah, actually, I was contacted by an English school in the Philippines who asked me for permission. They they had um, a few special needs kids in their school, but they found someone on staff had encountered my book and they asked if they could actually use my book as a theme for back to school night. And I, I said, of course. So that's what they did. And that's how they introduced the concept of, you know, um, special services, but also on a bigger level, just acceptance of special needs, which was really cool. That's awesome. So is there anything else you'd like to talk about before we, before we end? Um, the only other thing I would say to any speech language pathologist listening is that you know, this is a obviously a multi-purpose tool, but I really wrote it with them in mind so that, you know, the book really works as a lesson plan for the first therapy session for every child. So at the beginning of the school year, this is technically a lesson plan for every kid for their first session. So you could knock your whole first couple of days out with, reading the book, discussing it with each of your speech groups and, you know, explaining this is speech. This is what we do. What questions do you have? Um, You know, and then, like I said, to get to the rest of the school, often it's most effective to go through classroom teachers or the media specialist. But my vision for this book is that this is how we can get the information out so everyone understands this is who we are this is what we do this is what's going on in our little office that's tucked up on the third floor in the corner yeah yeah as it so often is all right that sounds great that sounds great well thank you so much for being here today and and you know just having the conversation i think it's going to be really helpful for a lot of different people absolutely and um the um, speech class rules is available on Amazon as well as through Northern Speech Services. They have a catalog and a website. Okay, great. So thank you for listening today. Listen and learn with us at Language During Mealtime. Time.